0: Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas de Caballeros.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Leaving a Ring. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Han Cholo Gabriel Montoya. What's going on, brother? <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, you know, not much. I gotta now come up with a cool name now. I gotta come up with a, with a cool nickname, you know? You got Han Cholo? My, I don't
2: know. 97 we... <laughs> up, It seems like it's got some sort of, you know... Some sort of street cred thing going on that I that I, I don't think I'll ever achieve. So you know, <laughs> you came into this with a cool nickname. So I, I'm still looking right. for. Them. I got a million nicknames, but I'm um, you know I'm not going to get into them now. But uh, we got a lot of boxing <laughs> to talk about. We it's weird. Being back on Thursdays. I'm feeling the rust today. We have a lot. We have a lot to talk about,
1: and we got two uh, really good guests that be that are going to be coming uh, coming through. Roberto Diaz from Golden Boy, the chief matchmaker. And undefeated, uh, lightweight Devin Hanley uh, out of San Francisco. He's going to be coming on about 6.45. Uh, in about another 10 minutes, we'll be calling Roberto Diaz. A lot of things um, happened this past week. And while well, we were about to go live last on Thursday, right, uh, Golden Boy and Canelo had the announcement that, well, he did the hair test, and and guess what? It proved that the story that they had originally uh, said to to everybody that would listen to uh, it turned out to be they were kind of saying the truth about their about that they were in line with the uh, contamination of the meat. So I, as soon as we did that show, I ended up posting the video, um, the segment of that of that uh, uh, conversation that we had, I put it on YouTube and then obviously on Gmail. A lot of folks were emailing. A lot of mixed, mixed feelings about that, Gabriel. I'm not sure if you got feedback from that segment that we did about Canelo and the hair test. But a lot of people now playing um, expert when it comes to hair testing. I mean, I've got guys going, oh, you cut his hair. What are you guys, stupid? You cut his hair. And uh, <laughs> real angry folks were real angry about this, which I don't, I I was kind of puzzled and confused about because I thought this was what we were asking of the guy.
2: Yeah, no, I got, I got a lot of uh, backlash. There's, there's no question and people asking questions actually, you know, right off the bat, um, you know, overhand, uh, overhand, right. Rob, uh, one of our, our Twitter followers, I think I'm trying to get his name right. So I, I don't screw this up uh, at big, right. Rob, um, He's got one follower. I guess he's due to the game. He's out of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, but, you know, it's, not, it's a, uh, there's no shame in that. Uh, but he asks, uh, curious about how far back Canelo's hair sample was good for, and if the fact that he uh, showed no traces means he's innocent or that the test just isn't very good since he already popped positive twice. They didn't tell anyone they were doing the test and waited for the result. Um, Now, the details of it is that, you know, they took the sample, what, March 29th, uh, didn't get uh, the result back until April 20th, 2018. Um, He had tested positive on February 17th and the 20th uh, in decreasing amounts. Um, So, right. We'll ask Roberto Diaz, who will be be on the show later, you know, some of these questions, because I don't want to just guess. But as for the test, um, the hair test measure, you know, can detect, I think, from like a month to six months, somewhere in there. But it all, there's a lot of variations, apparently, because of, you know, hair color, that would be one that it stays, you know, the drug stays in darker hair, uh, or, you know, is easily, I guess it saturates in the darker hair more. Uh, but, you know, Canelo, it's not exactly a blonde, like his hair kind of looks dark red. So, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but you know, there's I guess significant variation in it. There was a, a writer Ian Kidd that wrote wrote a long piece about uh, or an informative piece about clenbuterol and uh, hair testing. His take on it, and and uh, he, you know he doesn't put a lot of stock in. It. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd, I'd say that the test is good or bad. So so much as you know, there's variations within hair color. Uh, you know, probably within the, the sexes, there might be something different there as well. Uh, but in every test there are variations. It doesn't mean you throw the test out. uh, I, I think, you know, with the, the urine test, Climbuterol you can detect it, uh, more surefire manner, I suppose, uh, within like, I think a week to two weeks, somewhere in there, like 10 days. Right. So, uh, with, but with hair testing, you can, you can do it within, you know, a month to six months is what, what I understand. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so that's, you know, but, but here's the thing. Uh, if it is contamination and the levels are, are pretty low I and mean, right off the bat, Dr. Daniel Eichner of the Salt Lake Lab, uh, who did the hair follicle test as well, said, you know, uh, to Golden Boy that, you know, while further investigation was needed, these, the, the amounts that, you know, he had in his hair fell within the range of contamination. So exactly. now you do right. the hair they test. They've had that
1: recorded before.
2: They've had that right. of other
1: issues and other cases. That's why.
2: Exactly. Right. So. Hmm. If, if there's a minuscule amount in his hair already or in his body already, that you're barely detecting through urine. Now you're looking at a larger scope that maybe isn't as well-focused. It doesn't catch all the, you know, uh, the amounts, you know, uh, so maybe is he microdosing it? I don't know. Is that effective? Everybody always will jump to a tactic used in other things in this, you know, I don't know if it's effective to microdose clenbuterol over a long period of time. Maybe uh, I'd like to see the data on that before we, Throw this data that we actually have from a respectable WADA accredited lab out the window, you know, that's I I just kind of keep diverting, you know, uh, just pointing people to Dr. Eichner saying, are you with him? I'm not a scientist. I've had people criticize me for saying that, you know, I act like I am uh, because of the way I've written or that I'm some expert. I was a reporter with good sources. That's it. Uh, I know my subject. In this case, I'm going to defer to the scientist who did the science. He's been trying to do it for a while. And apparently, you know, Lucas Brown, they did the test. So he's the first guy, not Canelo. I, you know, I have to correct myself. Um, but, you know, I, you know, argue with them. I had somebody saying, you know, no international body recognizes it. Well, you know, WADA is an international body. They're not making it part of their panel, but they've right. allowed this doctor to do the tests. So obviously they're, they're, they're gathering data uh i don't see the problem with it uh, does i don't it, you know, i don't it, see the problem either does it i, mean, I, I don't know uh, the, you know i don't think any there is a test that will will do that but it it certainly backs up his story a little bit more don't you think
1: i think so and I hope that's a clear answer you know? here you know here's here's my take with it too is you know i've had numerous people uh, you know Hit me on Gmail, even on the on Twitter, and, and even conversations with with folks all at work and stuff. And uh, I got some real heavy uh, boxing fans, and really intelligent uh, boxing fans that I, I that I that I have the pleasure to, to to talk to. And you know, a lot of them are skeptical. They're like, "Hey, well." We know that testing is always improved. I mean, not, you know, uh, cheating could be improved. We know that there's certain drugs out there we have, we're not aware of or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I told them, well, if that's the way you're going to look at it, then there's no need for you to pay attention to any test, then, because nothing's going to convince you. And, and, and you know what I mean? I'm not going to waste my time and talk to you about something right. when this was asked from the fans. If this was asked from fans, everybody was beating on the desk, take the hair test. You Don't take the hair test, you're a cheater, you cheat it, etc. The guy does it. He calls everybody's bluff. Now, if you've listened to my show and you've, if you've been following me for the past 10 years, you would know that I'm not a kind of guy that's going to defend somebody. You know? Um, I've never been a big canelo uh, uh, you know fan. I've, I've never been that kind of guy, but I've got to give credit due when credit, credit is, is due. And this guy, no matter what challenge, is put in front of him, and I put this on Twitter. too. I don't know if you saw this on twitter i have, uh, this is like I don't know like two weeks ago or whatever, or when it happened. Uh, no before it even happened. I said the guy's been labeled a um the guy's been labeled a duck a ducker the guy's been labeled a cheater and now and, and what's next for the kid? you know I, you know he, he, he's he's taken every challenge. He continues to challenge himself. Every time we say he's not going to fight this person or he's not going to do this, he ends up doing it. So am I a fan of him? I'm swaying that way, Gabriel. I'm, I'm starting to sway that way
2: for the kid. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly the next step, and we'll ask Roberto Diaz about this, uh, is the testing program. You know, we, we've asked, uh, I've asked Mauricio Suleiman about it. When is he getting in a testing program? answers from him and they seemed similar that you know Canelo uh was exempt from being somehow I guess where he he kind of was in the CBP because he was doing the 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 training camp testing with Golovkin and then was doing it again for the rematch um that's it's not the same thing though you know uh no when is that process beginning um when uh you know will will Canelo be be uh Doing like a 365 program of his own, like no needo. Like, what's, what are the steps? I mean, because I think, you know, this, I think the scientific community, certainly on Wada's website, uh, the things I've read from them, we all agree that there is no clenbuterol test, urine, or hair that can say whether or not a guy intended to take it and to take to shoot right. or not. You know, unless it's you not a like. like yeah, <laughs> you need to be not
1: on a, on a, a time machine. Yeah, unless it's on the wall and a time machine.
2: Right. You know, if he's over a certain threshold, you know, uh, then, you know, and it's obvious that he did something and you caught him at a certain time in camp or even in the off season, even better then sure. But, but even then you just, you know, unless you build the full case, you can't prove intent. So um, no, but, but I think getting a testing program immediately backing those words up with actions, it's going to go a long way with fans. And they, they, they sure have forgotten that this guy's been doing testing uh, this is as long as Floyd has. Like you know, he's like, I think down a fight or or two from Floyd. Uh, 2011 is when he begins. So you, you know, uh, it, this guy has actually helped Vada get where they're at. It's probably why you know it was such a big surprise according to them. If you believe them, a lot of people. I mean, you know, I don't know. Media's job is to not believe, but uh, and and then try to verify. That's what we're going to try to do today.
1: <clears throat> yeah. You know, and you know what? I'm not, you know, the for the folks that are that are being skeptical, and for the folks that don't want to buy into this, I'm not arguing with you about it. You know, I mean, you're gonna have your own perception, regardless of how much hard evidence or how many scientists are telling you that this is the case. Um, I think everybody's entitled to to have their opinion about it, but what I won't argue with you is facts. I'm just throwing out the facts. You know how many people that came at me, Gabriel, and I'm pretty sure yourself, as if we were the ones that did the test. Really upset. And and I just found that so weird. Why are you so upset? To me, I thought that's the clear uh, writing on the wall that the September fight, the rematch with with Canelo and Gennady Golovkin, is no longer in jeopardy anymore. It can follow through, and we're going to be able to see these two guys go at it again.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, and it was uh, 2012, May 5th, uh, Shane Mosley uh, Canelo started doing Vada testing. This is before fight with Mayweather, you know, by a year. So it's not like, you know, he got forced to it and was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to doing this, you know, like I was cheating. And then, oh, I did the USADA testing, beat it. And, you know, it didn't affect my performance. Well, although he looked like shit against Floyd, um, it, it just, the, the the it adds up to this guy, wanted testing, used VADA, liked it, and has pretty much ever since, except for, I believe, the Liam Smith fight. Um, that's a lot, fights, a lot of fights. And, of course, the Floyd fight where he did USADA testing. I mean, you know, uh, that's what I don't get. I mean, I understand the big window left open when you're not testing in between. You know the, the the fights. I get that. I mean, I, from the very first interview we did about it with Victor Conte, I was the one saying we need 365 testing. Um, but you know, so I think that's the next step for him. Uh, you know, hopefully Roberto will will be able to shed some light on it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be calling him in about another three minutes here. We got a lot of stuff here to talk about. Ryan Garcia, Jason Velez, they both made weight. They both had to go back though, and uh, shed some, a few ounces to make weight. Um, then we got Triple G. And and happened on single Day Mile. I'm excited. And then, you know, this past weekend we had some great fights. Danny Jacobs was back at it again. Um, so we, we have a lot of stuff here to talk about, obviously. You can call in 347 215 7598. Tweet at us if you want. Uh, we can answer your questions on the air. In about three more minutes, we're going to be calling in uh, Robert, Roberto Diaz from Golden Boy, the chief matchmaker. Okay, he's telling me to call another number. Okay.
2: (laughs) Uh, The good old days of uh, trying to talk while uh, reading texts and trying to get a guest on the show. Um, I think, you know, uh, with Canelo, too, yeah, it's crazy to me that that people have jumped to a lot of conclusions. And uh, one of the the, the ones that, that gets me is, like, we've watched his body change over the last five years. And it's like, well, he's 27. Think about what your body's like at 22 versus what your body's like at 27. You know, if you're training, working out, doing all the stuff that he's doing, people don't stop to think about it any more than, you know, it's, it's like the original guys with Floyd where they're like, to be the best, take the test. And they had no idea what test they were talking about, what test Floyd was actually doing. What was the best test? What, what should you test for? Nobody knew any of that. Uh, and with this, it was like we talked about the hair test, I think um, – March 5th with Victor on the next round. Uh, but we, you know, I'd talked about it with him. Uh, I think, you know, I, I wrote a piece about it in 2016 and about strict liability. Um, it gets adopted later in, in Vegas, you know, in Nevada uh, later that year. Um, but here fans are going one that, you know, the first time they've talked about strict liability is, is this moment, but also take the hair test. And then, you know, Does anybody know when Golden Boy knew that the hair test even existed? Did they read that piece in 2016? They've been ignoring it? Or did they find out about it through, you know, uh, was it Nevada that ordered it up? Uh, We we don't really know any of those details. I haven't seen anybody. Maybe Dan Raphael uh, has pointed it out. But those are the things you need to know. And Oh, he shaved it himself. What, then, then, like they gave them, you know, like maybe the sample needed to be kind of big, and so that actually doesn't work. Um, you know, people just don't know, and so, but they'll dispute the science. I, I kind of just put it in that same file.
1: Yeah, they'll definitely uh, dispute that that science. Let me patch in, though, um, the chief matchmaker of Golden Boy, Roberto, Roberto Diaz, here on Leaving the Ring. Roberto, you there.
0: What?
3: I'm here, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure, and to all the, everybody listening out there, lots of love and a shout-out to everybody that loves boxing.
1: Hey, man, I want to first t- tell you thank you for uh, for coming on. Can you hear that echo? Am I might just, or am I just, it's in my ear? I'm hearing it. Or
3: is it. Yeah, I'm hearing an echo. Yeah, there's an echo.
4: It's
5: weird. Okay, let's okay, see if we can talk it, through, it. through it. Um.
1: Like I said, first, first off, thanks, thanks for, for, for 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 coming on the show here. You know, a lot of fans have been emailing uh, you know, us
0: since we announced that you're going to come on. A lot of questions. So I'm going to pass the panel first here to my co-host uh, Gabriel Montoya.
5: Let him start off the
2: interview, interview, and then, and then I'll, I'll come right behind. Hey Roberto, long time no talk, man. Uh, been doing it's a it's great been a job. While, Gabriel, you real good
3: to, t- to thank you. Thank What's you th- very much. It's glad to uh, be on your show, and and uh, good to talk to you again.
2: Yeah, man. Um, let's you know, uh, just start right off the top. Um, when the news hit your offices about Gold, about Canelo's positive, um, what was the mood? What, 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 how did it hit you guys?
3: You know, I'll talk about personally, personally um, more sure. so than everybody at the office because I know the kid very well. I've known him since his teenage years and know the type of athlete, know what he's done throughout his career requesting the testing and all his fights, requesting Vada and all that, so uh, it was very surprising but at the same time, knowing that something there had to be a reason there had to be, okay yes, it's a positive, but why? and obviously it was it was a shock it was a surprise because you don't expect it, but once everything started coming out and, and, and we started doing everything we had to do and he had to he obviously agreed to everything and, and, and submitted to everything, at the end of the day, the, like the saying says, when you have nothing to hide or the truth will always come out. And once everything started, you know, there's always going to be these experts that are saying he should have done this, this, this. He did it. He did everything. And the proof is in the pudding.
2: Um, When did you guys find out about the hair test, that it existed, uh, you know, and that that was – was that something Nevada asked you guys to do? What was the time Nevada Nevada
3: requested it. Nevada requested it, and he had no problem submitting to it. Um, In fact, I did my own study when I started seeing tweets from, you know, some experts out there saying he should be doing the hair, he should be doing it. And I called Gabe about 26 labs all over the country.
2: And, you know,
3: obviously I was no expert in the subject, but there's hair testing for narcotics, but there's not real, you know, it it still hasn't been certified. And that's why, you know, it's not something that's being used as much, but he submitted to it and came back clean.
1: What was the mood for Canelo, Roberto, when he found this out? I mean, like you said, you've known him since he was a teenager. What, What kind of mood was he in? Finding this out,
3: you know, I think it's it's been very hard for him. It's he's, it's it's been because he's a fighter that uh, has a lot of pride. He's a fighter that's doing everything he can to fight the best, even at an early age, to to give the fans the best. He, he, he really does a lot for the fans, and to see how many fans obviously jump on the wagon and and, and accuse him of doping and accuse him of it. It it affected him. It affected him a lot.
2: I, I'm, you know, I don't think I've ever thought I'd ever asked this question, uh, but I like to be thorough. Do you know where they got the hair from? Was it a head hair, a foot? Head.
3: Head. head. The back of the, the mm-hmm. like, but the back of the like, towards the neck. And and it was quite a bit. It was quite a bit.
1: Huh. Really. Ooh, yeah, let me ask I, uh, you because. Because a lot of fans are saying, "Why was this such a hush hush? Like, why? Why did you guys wait for the end result? Um, could you
3: enlighten?" Well, us there was an ongoing investigation. There was an ongoing investigation from the commission, and we didn't want to, you know, start saying more than until everything got cleared. I mean, we knew at the end of the day, it was going to be cleared because, number one, what a lot of people don't see. Oh, he's you know. It's very different. And I'm not saying, look, when, if you're doping, you're doping regardless of when. But if you're, you get caught with a positive test during a fight week or after a fight, that means you've done it during your competition. But when you're and one, you've got to look at the levels. Most importantly, what good could it have done with those levels three months before the fight? Are you mm, trying to, right. as a fighter, you're not cutting weight three months before the fight. As a fighter, three months before the fight, the weight, every fighter is going to tell you, I'm not going to have problems with weight okay. until you get to fight week. That's when you realize I'm having trouble making weight. Right. Every fighter's not worried about, I got it because, you know, what, 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 what is used for? It's really for asthma to open up the lungs. So they're saying, oh, he's using it to get better stamina. Not three months before the fight. The bottom line is, to be honest, from what I've looked in and became, started looking and reading on the subject, it really doesn't enhance a fighter. Because if you use it during fight week, you're not going to all of a sudden get a stamina that you didn't get throughout training. You're going to get the stamina from running, from putting in the work through the months of work. You're not all of a sudden could take this magic potion and all of a sudden, okay, now I have stamina to go 12 rounds. And if you're using it three months before you're not using it to cut weight. The proof was that i mean it it is it is a social problem in Mexico. in fact there was uh there was a group of uh waDA employees that went to certify laboratories. It was never published really, but this is fact that happened. It recently just came out. A few years ago, they went into Mexico City to certify laboratories to make sure everything was, you know, certifiable. And they went out to dinner one night. When they came back to continue the certifications of the laboratories the following day, one of the lab guys told them from Mexico, I want urine samples from all of you. Only one of the WADA um, uh, employees that went out there Tested negative That person had
0: chicken <laughs> really? That person
3: had chicken And the, the, the lab uh, The head of the lab said Okay now how many of you doped last night And of course all of them said No 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 no, no. The pro- the, What he was trying to Put across was This is a problem not just with athletes This is a problem right. in, Mexico. in Mexico And, right. and I've said yeah. it Look if you test Non-athletes Civilians in Mexico you're going to get positive tests of Glen Buterol because it's in the meat. It's it's proven. There's been uh how do you say rascals, There's been uh, the, like the slaughterhouses uh, closed right. down in certain states because of this. Well, why do you? Where, when do you, it's an athlete of the magnitude of Canelo, it's very easy to point fingers.
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys submitted receipts and, and everything to Nevada, as I understand it. He seemed to my know wife, where he ate. My
3: wife, worked for him. My wife worked for him. She she did a calendar based off all his credit accounts, all his uh, his credit card, all the statements really?
2: of wow. where
3: he ate weeks or like uh, two weeks before and two weeks after. You know, now, you now mean- I wanted I wanted to mention to you guys something that really made me laugh when I saw it, uh-huh. and again. Ignorance sometimes is, is, is what we have there. But I heard Polly Malinagi say something like, Oh, the reason he got busted this time is he didn't expect them to test him in Mexico. Me I, I, you guys, I heard that. <laughs> you I heard, heard that, that, right? You heard that. I heard I that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans hear Polly and, 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 wow, whatever Polly says is true. It's real
0: because he's he's
3: good. I won't take that away from him. When he's commenting the fights, he's very good. But when he said that, I'm like, wow, I can't believe it. you know, Because it's not like the Vada employees, the techs are out there just walking the street and say, oh, there's Canelo. Hey, you got to give me the, your piss test right now. That's not how it works. Of course they knew where his whereabouts. You got to fill out forms. You got to say, this is my home address. This is my gym address. I train from this hour to this hour. This is where you can find me. Right. So when Pauly said, Pauly said something like, The reason he got busted this time is he didn't expect them to come out in Mexico. What? So they saw him on the street and said, Canelo, we're here to take your urine sample? No, he had turned in the forms already because he had registered about it for the fight. Now, uh, normally, normally, he doesn't, uh, he's tested in the U.S. because he comes to camp 10 weeks before. This time, he got delayed in his move from Mexico into camp. To San Diego, because his visa was pending, he had to renew, and that took a little bit longer than normal
2: gotcha
1: gotcha you know hmm. i i'm not, I'm not sure if you've heard some of the accusations of how 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 did Canelo's camp not know it was contaminated when he he when his camp when his trainer and everybody else come from a family of butchers you know
3: <laughs> because here, here's here's what it is, it, it, and it's true. Uh, Don Chapo used to be a butcher, probably like twenty, thirty years ago. Doesn't mean today he's a butcher. But right. But what they don't understand is, once the fight's over, Canelo has his own life, and Chapo and Eddie have their own life. They go in, ge- so they're not like watching over him. Now people say. I, I've heard the one that he has so much money. How doesn't he have money, uh, meat flown in from other countries? Countries, well, right, yeah. How do you know you're not going to test positive for hormone, Like something else. You don't know that until, right. obviously, you, ca- you get something like this happens that you become more careful. Now, I've heard, well, he doesn't eat tacos at a taco stand. He doesn't necessarily have to be the one to go to the taco stand and stand there and get tacos. <laughs> but I've been with him right. as well. Yeah, I've been with him as well where we get to the house. And he says, hey, to one of his friends, go get some tacos. Well, where are they going to get the tacos? When they come in, we eat them. We don't say, hey, where's the taco from or where's this, you know? Right. <clears throat> and also, a very good example is Glenbuterol is used by the farmers who are trying to cut the cost down to grow the cow. So right. instead of growing it for a year, you grow it in six months. Well, you save six months of cost of feeding it, of, of you know, babying it, whatever. You sell that to the slaughterhouse who chops it up and sends it to the taco stand, to Sam's Club, or to the top restaurant. So you don't, you know, it, it's not a social economic problem. It's just a yeah. social problem. That, right. That I was, I, uh,
2: people were assuming that it was the taco truck, like it was low-end meat. And I'm like, well, it's getting a higher protein yield uh, it's making it leaner. That sounds actually like better meat to me. I
1: think I think, uh, I think exactly. what those fans want, those fans in particular want, though, is they want you guys or anybody to stick their head up a cow's ass just to make sure that's not contaminated. You know what I mean? That's what they're looking for in reality. <laughs>
3: which is, and, and it's which impossible this, to, to, to know. You don't. Happens. You can't exactly. go into a restaurant and say, uh, "Hey, is this meat contaminated with clombinol?" Right. Because they don't know. They don't, they don't know. know. Of so course it's they not don't where know. it comes from or where you're eating it. It's the risk of eating meat. Now, Canelo doesn't eat meat once he's in camp, but not because it might have Clement Turello, because obviously when he's in camp, he's in, in San Diego and in, in the U.S., because he says it's hard to digest. It makes me feel sluggish. Um, so I don't eat meat. But he was, the true. thing was, he wasn't in camp yet. He wasn't in sparring. He was working out because he's always working out, he'll take a run here, he'll take a run there, he'll swim here, swim there, shaking up, preparing for camp. But he wasn't in his concentration. When you go into concentration, diets change. When you're on uh, outside of concentration, look a great example is a great friend of mine, Ricky Hatton. Outside between fights, he would go up fifty pounds. <laughs> oh to- yeah. There wasn't a there wasn't a Guinness he didn't like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) right? Um, Just to clarify, did you guys ever have that conversation? I mean, because after what Francisco Vargas also uh, one of your fighters tested positive for clenbuterol, I remember writing about Eric Morales did as well.
3: Eric Morales did as well,
2: right? Eric Morales
3: tested positive, and and Francisco Vargas. I spoke to them after because you know when it happens and they both fought, it it sort of gets forgotten, especially like Francisco Vargas did like 17 tests after, all negative. In fact, Francisco Vargas had started testing prior to the positive test. He was in the U.S., started testing negative, goes to Mexico City. His mom prepares him a a beef stew, uh, a cocido, we call it, which is a soup, to you know, vegetables and beef, he has it arriving. The next day, he has it again, and that night is when they showed up to his house to test him. He had it twice, hmm. and he tested higher than Canelo.
2: Well, so wow. so that do you guys go? I mean, have you had that conversation? Is it is it? Uh, there's kind of a punitive nature, I think, to all of this that people want to know that that Canelo, you know, knows he screwed up. Uh, but that also he's going to take steps, I guess. Uh, you know, um, Is he going to join a program? Is he going to um, do VADA? I know Mauricio intimated that he was, but have you guys talked about that? And Oscar also said that he'd be testing every day, which I think may be a little bit promoter speak because I don't think anybody tests every day. But uh, what, what are you guys doing in terms of next steps with him?
3: Well, not only with him, with all our fighters. We are telling them, you know, this is a learning experience for all of us because obviously... Like I said, with Eric Morales and, and, and Francisco Vargas, the fights went on. So it's like a scare, but it's like, okay, you know, it, it, the fight went on. And, and you sort of forget about it. Um, this one, obviously, was, <laughs> it, it was more damaging. Obviously, the fight got canceled. The fight didn't go on. So, yes, obviously, we're notifying all our fighters. If you go to Mexico, whether it's vacation, whether it's to train, whether it's to whatever, avoid the meet. Because you don't know where you're gonna eat, where you're gonna eat it, where it's gonna come from. So just avoid it. And look, we're trying to sign up not only Canelo, all our fighters, you know, into Nevada testing. A lot of our fighters already requested. Saddam Ali's requested it on his fight. Miguel Cotto was someone that requested it. And just so the fans know, when a fighter requests it, they're basically paying for it because it is expensive. Canelo requested yeah. it. In all his fights,
2: right, except for the Liam Smith fight, which I think Eric had said that it, it the fight kind of came together later uh, or late or something, and then they it weren't came able to late, get late.
3: And also, uh, it's an issue with, with in the UK. In fact, right now with Liam Smith, uh, that Saddam requested it. I had to. I spoke to Robert Smith and I spoke to Margaret Goodman. It's very difficult because they have their own t- like testing. And what, what the camp was opposing was like, look, we're not going to get double tested. So we said, okay, once, well, while you're out in the U.K., you can get tested there by, uh, you know, with whatever the WADA is out there. But once you get here, you're under VADA, And we need all the reports of all the tests to go over to Margaret Goodman. Margaret accepted, and obviously then, you know, Liam uh, had a, some, some illness, some allergic reaction, and he pulled out of the fight. But sometimes it's difficult because of where they
2: are. Right. And I think people don't really understand that. It's barely taken, I think, the last year or so for Nevada. Uh, California adopted Nevada a little bit, or at least would listen to them a little bit more sooner. But it's taken time. You can't just show up, hey, I want to test the fights. And, you know, it takes time to build trust and, and systems, how to work together. So uh, I, I get it. And, absolutely. Yeah, people, absolutely.
3: That's why maybe one one. Federation for, would be not a bad idea.
2: You mean one boxing league or one? Yeah, one league?
3: boxing organization that that you know under the same rules instead of state by state.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it is it just gets hard because it's a world sport. You know, is there room for everybody to work together? I I I would love to That's hear the that. Thing. That's the
3: thing. It. I mean, it, at least in the U.S we can we can begin to you know as a leader and say look under one regulation under one commission under what but then you have all the states that hey what about me what about me but if they did it that way look it's so much easier for the fighters if you get licensed in one state you know you can fight in another state because you've already done all the medicals you're already cleared but each state has to submit their own licenses and their own medicals and their own, you know, and, and it gets expensive for the fighters, for the promoters, for the management. But yeah, I, I would, I think a one, one commission ruling all the states would be probably a good for boxing.
2: It'd be better than what we're doing. I mean, you know, yeah, the, UFC, the UFC was sold for several billion. I don't see anybody putting it all together and, and selling their company for that. Any single promoter. And you guys work with everybody. You know, even after what happened with uh, with Al, um, let me ask you this about about that. Um, do you feel like that was a blessing in disguise? What happened with Schaefer and Al, and that whole departure and everything that it that it woke up Oscar, and and he took the reins more of his company. It, it seems like you guys are healthier when it's he's up front. I
3: think it's a it's a learning experience for anyone. You know. With, there's a saying in, in Spanish, in Mexico, el que tenga tienda, que la tienda, he who has a store has to man it. And right. is it a blessing in disguise? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, everybody, I, I heard rumors out there that, oh, Robert Diaz is leaving once this happens. I'm still here. I'm happier than ever. Because at the end of the day, I'm making fights mm-hmm. today that I want to make, that Oscar wants to see as an ex-world champion, as an ex-fighter. He's not babying these guys. He, he wants to see good fights. He wants to deliver to the fans the good fights. Look, a week from now, the against Lomachenko. Working with Top Rank. A couple weeks later, uh, a week later, we got JoJo Diaz the mandatory to Gary Russell. Uh, we're working with PBC. See, right. um, I'm working right now. It's been very, very difficult, hard. Alberto Machado to defend against his mandatory Mensa with Don King. There's, there's, if the fights make sense for our fighters and for the fans. We're all in it. We're all in. And we're not trying there to say, well, can we win this one or can we lose? Let's just make fights that the fans want to see. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia tomorrow, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. That's because a he's a baby and he's in a tough fight. Jason Bell is real a kid fight. that's always in yeah. shape. He can take mm-hmm. a punch. He's going to come forward. But you know what? That's the beauty of boxing. If Ryan doesn't knock him out and goes the distance... That's valuable experience. Absolutely. If Ryan knocks him out in two or three rounds, four rounds, then I think I could say, let's go for the world title by the end of the year.
0: If mm. I see
3: things that I'm like, okay, he's not ready. This is the fight that will tell the world and tell me where, if he's ready or not, where he's at. It'll tell us. Yeah, it's where he's yeah. it, But it's also a dangerous fight because if Ryan, who hasn't gone too many rounds, gets tired after three or four rounds and Jason is still there, he could take him in the deep water and drown him.
2: Just you know, know, it's not going to be
3: a, a shock or a surprise. Right. You know, You know. I was, I
1: was talking to, um, I don't want to out his name, nothing like that, you know, but I was talking to another matchmaker, and he goes, I can't believe that Diaz is going to put him in with that kid, Jason, right now. He goes, to me, it just mm-hmm. kind of seems like they're 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 banking on, because they're kind of scared about what, what happened with Canelo, is that they're forcing to find another star at this moment, and I was like, you know what, no. I like this fight. I told him, and I gave my reasons why I like the fight. Um, I said, to me, this is going to tell us exactly is Ryan Garcia, who he says he's going to be, because it's a this is a very difficult fight. I mean, that the, the Jason has been he's been in with some real good names, and he's you know he's kind of proven his credibility in that ring, where Ryan is still kind of up in the air, you know? Let me ask you this, because as a matchmaker, when when you guys were involved with Al Heyman, what I've been, I've, the guys that I've talked to at PBC and, 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 you know, in that universe have all told me, working with Al Heyman, you don't have a final say on the matchmaking. He does.
3: <laughs> wow. Let, and they, let me and they work there. And they worked there. And they worked
1: there, right? Right. So let me ask you, let me ask you, was, was it really hard at that time? I mean, because right now when I see you guys by yourself, Golden Boy is just Golden Boy. There's no more Schaefer. There's no more Al Heyman. The fights have gotten three times better.
3: Thank you did very that make much. Your job, I appreciate did that.
1: It make your, you're welcome. Did that make your job easier?
3: Absolutely. It made it fun again. It made it fun again because, look, if I make a fight and our guy loses, I'm not worried about walking into the office tomorrow and getting the call from Oscar and saying, What happened? What did you do? What, what, why did you put him in with that guy? I'm not worried about that. I'm, if he loses, it's like, Hey, number one, okay, now we know what we got to work on. Look, I got Chimpa Gonzalez, a young kid who I have high hopes, have high hopes for. Lost a couple fights already. Okay?
2: Mhm.
3: Got together Joshua with his. Franco.
2: Team with his
3: fo- with his father, Joshua Franco. Look, he was winning the whole fight. He got caught. Referee might have stopped it a little too soon, I believe. But I thought so. he's coming back June 1st, and then I'm going to work on the rematch. I think Joshua beats him in the rematch. They learn a loss is not what some people have made it out to be. That zero is so important. Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, Muhammad Ali, all lost. Yet 20, 30 years later, we're still talking about them. There's a lot of fighters out there that are not going to lose and they're going to retire and I want to see in 20 years us talking about them.
2: A lot is, is,
3: can teach.
2: Yeah, I mean, Henry Armstrong got knocked out in his first fight. You know, Hopkins lost his first fight, right? I mean, it's just... Hopkins you know, not to lost play.
3: Juan Manuel Marquez. And, 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 and here's a good example. Jorge Linares, somebody I take a lot of pride for because Jorge Linares lost back-to-back. And I was told by my boss then, release him, cut him, he's done. I said, no, you're wrong. Here we are on a 13-fight winning streak, best lightweight in boxing, and going into his biggest fight of his life.
2: Which is a very winnable fight. I mean, it's... It is. It is.
3: We we picked Lomachenko. Lomachenko didn't pick Linares. We picked him. We've been talking about that fight for over a year and a half. Jorge and I personally, and then the whole team, we started... I love the Lomachenko fight. He's doing things great. He's a phenomenal fighter, but he's smaller coming up. He's made fighters quit. A lot of them are flat-footed, come forward. Jorge has great footwork, great hand speed, has experience. Uh, Lomachenko's in for a fight of his life. Yet, in all respects, I mean, we know, we know who he is. Can he win the fight? Yeah,
4: this is a real 50-50.
1: What's the hardest part of your job,
4: Roberto? What what, what, makes,
1: what makes your jobs uh, where sometimes you're just like, God, I, I don't know if I got it in me anymore right now?
3: Look, two of the, t- there's a couple of things. One, making the fights that I want to make. Sometimes they're not as easy. Um, you get road bumps on the way. Management says, no, my guy's not going to fight that guy. No, that guy's too tough. They, again, they're protecting their investment. Um, the other part is, A good example, uh, Ryan Garcia tomorrow. The fight with Vargas, you read the comments from the fans saying, oh, yeah, he fought a a tomato can. He fought a bum. He's knocking out bum. He's 19 years old. That's what he's supposed to be fighting. But tomorrow, if he loses, oh, the matchmakers, the promoter, pushed him in too fast. So it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So you get to the point where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm just going to make the fight the fans want to want to see and the fights that also can help progress the kid. So if Ryan is what we see and what we think goes in there and knocks this Jason out who nobody's knocked out not Jojo, not Rene Alvarado. You know, everybody's fine. he's never been stopped.
1: If he if he knocks, Ryan knocks him out in 3 see or 4 rounds, if, if he knocks out that kid, I want to see Javante Davis and him go at it.
3: we got to see that happen. You know? yet, but, but I'll tell you what, it'll give me a lot of confidence that he's ready for a world title before the end of the year. Right. But if he doesn't, and he goes the, the 10 rounds and he wins a unanimous decision or a good clear-cut decision, that's also good because that experience, you can't buy it. The experience he's going to get from going those 10... There, there, there's a point before you go to the world title, you need to be tested. And once that test is there, then you know. JoJo Diaz, I'm very comfortable. Gary Russell, I did 13, 14 of his fights. I know the yeah. talent's there. I know how great a good fighter he is. But I've had JoJo from day one to 26-0. and 0. He's fought all styles. He's fought tough styles. Andrew Cancio beat him clearly. Look at Cancio after two-year layoff, what he did a couple weeks ago. JoJo's seen it all he's hungry and he wants it and when the fighter mentally and physically is ready JoJo's grown he's not the little boy anymore physically he's the man he's ready
2: that fight is, is I've got that one circled, circles man I cannot wait for it and I'm, I'm curious because you did have a, I remember uh, Gary Russell at all those early fight night clubs um, are you surprised the way his career's gone I mean he's got a title but but uh, that he fights so seldom like do you have any insight into that i
3: no, because I, obviously I, I i don't know what his situation is you know it, where he's at now but i told him he, he made a comment on showtime a couple weeks ago where he's the lion and i told him at the press conference you, you were the lion and you were the king of the jungle but you've been put in a cage and become docile you when you fight once a year how can you be the lion? You, you're not that hungry. And, and keep in mind, fighters fight often. Once they get to the world title, you want to fight. You want to defend the title. That's where you make your money. Right. So sure. I don't know the situation, but, but also that's what gives me the confidence of Jojo. Look, he's been active. He's been fighting. Uh, Gary, for the type of fighter he is, which is a quick, a lot of reflexes, speed. Uh, timing's everything. Activities, everything. We got
1: I got just one more question because we gotta get in our next guest here on Leaving the Ring. Um but let me let me ask you this really quick, uh Roberto. What what hurts what hurts more? Uh the fans talking the way they do about a, a fighter or a guy like Paul Emanaji
3: You know what? You you get used to it. You get used to it. Uh I think it hurts more from a fighter because fans Um, don't know all the insights, don't know all the sacrifices, don't know. You know, I learned early on, I I would go with Barrera to camp, eight, ten weeks in, in Big Bear, away from family, how tough it is to be a fighter, how lonely it is, you know, being in those camps. And then get into a fight, I remember the Fana fight. He goes in there and knocks him out in two rounds, and hearing the reaction, oh, this was too easy, this was a bomb, he had no... They don't know how, yeah, the fight ended up being easy, but they don't know how hard he worked for eight or ten weeks. So that's when you start realizing, you know what, the, the fans only know what they see up front. But from a fighter's perspective that's been through it, it's, 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 it hurts because you're like, really, you're saying that? Now, going back to Pauly, and I'm glad you brought it up. Pauly was the big against Al and PBC, even before PBC. What did they do? They were smart. They sign him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Put him to work
3: on Showtime. And guess what? He became the biggest fan. He became his biggest fan. I remember watching Maidana fight Broner. And Maidana put hands on from round one. Yep. And I hear, like, in the middle of the fight, Polly, you know, everybody talked their scorecard, and Polly saying, oh, I think it's even. I text Polly from where I was at home, bro, stop (laughs) drinking the Kool-Aid. Please, Because <laughs> I had a good relationship with Polly. Remember, I took Polly to Ukraine, and we came back with the world title, when nobody believed Polly would do it. So, and, and, and trust me, it wasn't an easy trip out there. We had a lot of things against us. And every obstacle that was thrown in front of me, I overcame, it, I overcame it, I overcame it, I overcame it. And then, obviously, he overcame the stuff in the ring. He did his job in the ring. So I had a lot of respect for him, because we all knew once the cameras went on, how loud he could get. But Maybe a you lot guys of people, need hire not a lot of people knew. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you guys need to hire him now. No, no. But, see, I don't want that. <laughs> I want somebody that, hey, you're going to be pro who you are because of who you are, but not because you're hired. No, no, forget that. I, don't, right. <laughs> I, I actually nicknamed him the other day the parrot, the parrot, because, man, the parrot. Right, I saw
1: that. <laughs> you know, uh, Triple G... Triple G just said today in an interview that 10% chance that the September fight with Canelo's is going to happen. What do you, what's your thoughts or what do you think about him saying something like that?
3: I hope he's, uh, I hope, I hope he was lying. And I hope he's saying 10% lying. I hope he's tomorrow, or I hope Sunday when he wakes up, he says it's 110%. Because I can't wait! I can't wait! I can't wait for them to I be in the ring. I saying ten percent uh, that
1: you guys are going to want to make the fight happen. He's—he's. He's, I think that's oh, how he's putting no.
3: it, right, Gabriel?
1: You
0: know, <laughs> oh, hell no.
3: There's not a fight out there. I think that the fans um, want more, and and just knowing Canelo, there's not a fight a fight that Canelo wants more. And again, like I said, Oscar Golden Boy. We just want to make the best fights, and if that's what the fans want to see, and I think uh, we need to see round thirteen. You know what? Um, the first fight was very good. I think the second fight's going to be better. And I'm I'm not talking as a promoter. I'm not promoting. I just think both of them are going to come in to to try to be more convincingly than the last one. And, and with that will come risks.
2: Are you worried at you all you about Saturday?
3: It?
2: Am I worried, about, worried about Saturday? It? Not at all. No? You don't not think Vannes? I, I don't mean it
3: in a disrespectful way to Vannes. I give him all the credit. I always give fight fighters like... You know, that, that are willing to be, that daring to be great, like Vanez, like like uh, uh, Amir Khan, Saddam Ali, you got you to gotta give them credit. You know, people criticize, oh, you're going to go into the slaughterhouse. Look, they're daring to be great. On Vanez's part, I don't know, know if it's so much daring to be great or you haven't fought in two years. It's not like your promoter is offering fights today, So when something comes around and it's a good payday and a good shot, hey, take it. You got to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No question.
3: Hopefully, hopefully you get them on the bad night and you're on the best night, and and, and you make it even in a losing fight, you can earn more more fights because you put on a great performance.
1: It's true, very true.
3: Yeah. Wes, Wes, Robert,
1: I want to thank you again, man, for coming on. It's uh, it was great having guys, you on. We gotta have you, have you, you, you on much. again, brother. We gotta have you Anytime. on again. Anytime,
3: it'll be a pleasure and uh, good to talk to you guys. Everybody out there, don't miss Ryan Garcia and Jason Bellas on Friday night tomorrow on ESPN. I don't think anybody is, brother. All right, man. Take
2: care. (laughs) Thanks so much. All right, man.
3: Thanks, guys. Take care.
2: Peace.
1: A lot of information there. A lot of information there and a good interview. Uh, You want to patch in our next uh, guest here on Leaving the Ring here, Gabriel?
2: I do. Actually, you know, it's weird. The last time I talked to uh, Roberto Diaz, uh, both of our beards uh, were, I think, dark. Uh, Now they're both white. (laughs) Although uh, I'm dying, Sunday, uh I'm getting a Mexican you know. facelift on Sunday I'm gonna shave. Uh, <laughs> let me obviously seven oh two. Uh Devin, are you with us? Devin Miles Haney.
4: Yeah. No, no, actually this is this is his dad, this is William Haney. Um oh. unfortunate for, oh yeah, Unfortunately for Deb. I had to um tell you guys he's he's training. He's training really hard for the fight. He had his media day to day. He was in uh he was in the Bay Area, he's been in the Bay Area um, training over at the snack facility, so he just came in today. So he uh, he wanted me to report that he's doing well. He's doing great, and he would love to talk to you guys. You know, uh, you know, again, just, just it was just tough for him today for him to give his full attention.
2: You and I talked uh, several years ago, actually, when I was still a writer for Max Boxing, I believe, uh, when you opened the Hit Factory there in, in, in Vegas. Okay. okay.
4: Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Max uh, Boxing. Yeah, I definitely remember it. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe Montoya. Yeah. Um, okay. Gabe Montoya. Hey.
2: Hey. How you doing? I'm doing very well, man. I'm, I actually I live in the Bay Area now, out here in San Francisco, um, okay, and uh, d- I'm not on the beat as a as a writer as much uh, as I am. Uh, just here doing like you know the live radio uh, boxing show. Uh, well, let's talk good. a little bit about uh, Devin it's been a a few years since I've seen him. I think the last time I saw him and and yourself, uh, it was at the undisputed boxing gym and you were sparring uh, Sean Porter. Uh, Right. He's come a long way. And you guys, I mean, you turned him pro young, uh, took him to Mexico to get him that experience. I've watched, uh, you know, his real Devin Haiti TV and and, uh, a bunch of his fights, watching him develop. uh, Assess where he was at that point with Sean Porter to where he is now.
4: Well, Initially, um, uh, Sean, because Sean was training over at the gym over at at the Hit Factory, and uh, Kenny Porter, you know, which is a good guy, you know, an amazing coach, he's done a a phenomenal job with Sean. Uh, He and he has very, you know, kind of unorthodox forms of training. So he suggested that we bring Devin on, Devin on to help Sean. And I, I looked at him, I was like, Devin, you know? He says, No, okay. Well, what we'll do is. We'll just use them on the back end, and it'll, it'll just be for the speed. As Sean would, uh, you know, fatigue, then we would bring Devin on. Well, you know, uh, as time went on, you know, Kenny moved moved Devin in front, and Devin was very young. But, you know, Sean even – it would test to Sean. Sean said, you know, Devin was a, uh, had amazing defense, amazing footwork, even at a young age. So, that's how that pretty much went. Uh, were you there any of the times when Devin scored with Sean?
2: I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might even, I don't think I've, I think I did actually film some of it Uh have mm-hmm. some of the footage somewhere, but, but mm-hmm. kind of shot it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly. Yeah. I'd have to go back into my files I and mean, I've got everything that I've shot at undisputed and, and, and mm-hmm. snack. Um, but he struck me as, as nowhere near his man strength yet, you know, uh, great right. balance, uh, has all the punches uh, and just and mm-hmm. watching him now, like physically mature, uh, and still he's what he's nineteen now uh still yes. nowhere near his men um I was watching floyd even you know breaking it down to him that you know uh right now you just have to worry about not taking damage, you know staying on the outside right. and um, right. what I really like about him is his is his mental focus uh what was the decision though to to turn him pro so young um and and uh and then take him to Mexico and kind of start honing him
4: well devin has been Devin has been boxing ever since he could. He could, um, you know, you know how the kids wait; they can't wait till they're, they're old enough to box, and then they finally get their license. They finally get their first, their, they get their um, their car their book, their boxing book. So he's been fighting every since he could fight. And uh, when it came time to go to uh, the Olympics or even go to the trials, uh, they they had changed the age bracket because they took the head off. But we had went to London for the the 2012 Olympics just to kind of taking the moment, taking the experience and we got a chance to see uh you know, Clarissa Shields winning the gold and was very disappointed when the when a lot of the guys didn't win. So we came from there with with the intention on because the age was, was you could be seventeen. Uh and we came back home and, you know, training, training. Devin uh, would win the fifteen, sixteen year old division when he was fourteen, he went to Russia. Then he then he won, you know, every year after that, on up to winning uh, the 17 and 18 year old division when he was 16 years old. So to come back again to win the 17, and then to win the 18, and you got, and and they weren't going to let him compete in, in the Olympic process after winning. Um, you know, being so dominant at a, uh, you know, in the United States, we just we just chose to focus one year specifically, one year, and uh, focus just on on being a being a professional uh, a fighter. And fortunately for us, we were able to to be around some of the greats, Eddie Mustafa, uh, of course Floyd Senior, you know, um, you know Mike McCallum. You know, it's a whole list of hosts of uh, talented trainers in uh, in Las Vegas that that helped him make the the leap from um, amateur to uh, pro.
2: Hey, who is his lead trainer? I saw him working with Floyd Mayweather Senior, with Floyd Junior. Um, who is all in his corner?
4: Well, going going into it initially, you know what I mean. Uh, I would always surrender the position to to the to the most experienced, and we would take a uh, you know take a our, our team would take a back seat and just kind of learn and learn and learn. And then when a when a Floyd senior would would go off with uh, Floyd junior for you know his numerous big big paydays, and as well as Mike McCallum leaving to go with uh, with Jesse Vargas for the fight with Adrian Broner, it would always leave me and me and me and Devin to kinda of like just work on and work on the homework that the senior coaches had left for us. Um but when it came to like calling the plays, whether it's get behind the shoulder and, and rely on your defense like a senior or come back with my hook like a Eddie to keep you on balance or, you know, a, a um you know a, you know, stay on your back foot, listen to your defense like a a Roy Jones, you know, um, you know, a triple hook or some of these plays and some of these things that I know this in Devon's arsenal. Although I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a very experienced, you know, twenty or thirty year vet veteran coach. I, I think I'm able to call certain things that I know that my son does, based on just we. I, I was I was with him when he learned it. So to answer your question, Mike McCallum will will be uh, the the trainer that will accompany me um, on on uh, May 11th.
2: Nice. That's uh, uh... I mean, I think, you know, right now it's like, you know, uh, you know, if you're studying to be a specific thing, you still, you know, you go to college, say, you're still going to have a bunch of different subjects that you study and a bunch of different professors. And even on the subject, you're going to have a bunch of different professors give you different uh, perspectives. Why shouldn't a fighter do that? I think that makes uh, a lot of sense. Um, let's get into this fight here uh with Mason Menard. It's a pretty big step up in experience uh from the guys that he's been facing. Um he's got a couple losses, but uh uh it's a, it's a tough opponent. Can you can you talk about what you guys see in Mason, what you expect?
4: Um Mason is extremely extremely tough opponent, a very dangerous opponent as well. You know, I think he he possesses power in both in both hands. Um you know, there's 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 a whole whole lot of uh attributes that are good about Mason Menard for sure experience um you know I can go on and on
1: how do you numberify his punching power what do you guys think about about uh taking away probably one of his best his best uh uh weapons power that he that he has in his hands
4: well that's that's been the thing that you know what i mean as as just as a coach as 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 a dad with with the devin we've pretty much with concentrated on defense first and then floyd was actually pointing out again to re, re reiterating it to us is less damage so um you know not getting you know hit with any of the big shots has been something that devin has to had to concentrate on an early age even with uh with uh sean porter for example like uh uh mr Matoya said uh these fighters, you know, once you get in the ring, once you once they're in the ring, you know, no telling what's happening. You know, you can say that you're going easy, but, you know, Devin, you know, lights somebody up. It's no telling what they're going to do. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll rely on our defense. And, you know, uh, at this level, um, this step-up level, I believe that, you know, everyone will have a puncher's chance. And I think that, you know, speed will go to Devin, um, you know, a uh, 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 height. Will obviously go to us. The length will go to us, and uh, probably will come in a, a bigger, a bigger fighter, bigger uh, opponent. You know, so and and, and with a better jab. So you know, be, being be his
1: <clears throat> being his trainer and his father, and he's going in there. Like you said, like like my my co-host uh, Matoya uh, said, a uh, real tough test. You know, a lot of guys that I've saw, like Timmy from Timothy Bradley to Lamont Peterson they're the kind of fighters that if you start trading everything, the game plan's out the door. The fighter comes out. How hard is it for you as a father and, and coach to kind of, you know, make sure your son stays focused on his game plan and to make sure that you keep him focused and make him understand that, like you said, it's a puncher's chance?
4: Right. Well, well, I, I just kind of listened to the seniors. Uh, even in that clip, uh, Floyd says that, some fighters won't let you, they're going to make you fight. You know what I mean? Some fighters, you know, you're going to box them and they're going to make you fight. Uh, Devin, with the reflexes that he has, and, you know, he he must just, he must stay calm. And, you know, that will probably be the question that we'll have, you know, every everyone will ask on, on May 11th is, can he stay, you know, keep his composure and, uh, you know, for 10 rounds? So,
1: I can't wait for the fight. It's that's yeah. that's a good fight. It's a good match. <clears throat> really yeah. good match.
4: You guys think so, right? You think it's a good match?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. When I saw that, when it when it was announced, I was like, okay, we're gonna, we're, you know, what's what we've heard and what we've seen of uh, uh, of your son. You know, everybody's been excited. What I've heard mostly from behind the scenes, everybody could telling me, hey, keep an eye out on him. Keep an eye on him. This kid's explosive. He's gonna be something special. So but. to see this fight coming up for him, I think it's going gonna, gonna to really put out there how special he is. Just kind of like with this kid, Ryan Garcia, right now. There's a lot of questions looming over his head. I think the same thing with your son. So with this these kind of fights being made for him in this time of his career, being 19 years old, um, it's a great way of kind of putting him in a certain category of where he's leading.
4: Yeah. Well, like, um, like uh, that was uh, Robert... Was that Robert Garcia on the phone um, before uh, the interview Diaz. with you guys? Roberto yeah. no, Diaz. Oh, Robert Diaz? Robert, yeah. Okay, that was Robert Diaz. Yeah, I mean, like he pointed out a lot of different different obstacles that you run into in, in, in boxing. You know that a lot of uh, fans or you know don't 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 necessarily get a chance to. That's why I'm, you know I'm thankful that you know for guys like, like you guys like um you know that provide a platform you know for a voice. For the fighters and for the coaches and and you know for the independent promoters because for a long time you know boxing has been controlled and sports in general has been controlled by you know traditional media the the, the mainstream media that, that they in turn control you know so you know so, you know props you know kudos to you guys for providing a platform for us to have a voice.
2: Well, I appreciate it, man. If we've been been grinding along at this for uh for a real long time actually so yeah I, I appreciate it i i you know i think we oftentimes we do focus a lot on fighters uh that, you know by we I mean, the, the media uh there's just so many people that make up the sport that i always find interesting uh, the trainers are are a big part of that it's when i was on the beat in in la I, was my favorite thing was being able to watch how each of those guys works you know so, uh, maybe, uh, at some point, is the hit factory still around? Do you guys still,
4: still plug in no, with that well, gym? Well, no, well, we actually, we actually closed the gym, moved over and started training over at Floyd's and then opened up, uh, a promotional company, which it is, it's Devin Haney promotion. This event will be a Devin Haney promotion, Greg Cohen promotions in association with hard hitting promotions event. Um, we are, gotcha. we are, the, uh, we are, we are a lead promoter in this event. Um, I know it's not necessarily, you know, um Hard Hitting uh,
1: with uh, Mayfield? Is that with Mayfield?
4: Uh hard hard hitting. I I I don't know if, if Mayfield is a is he a fighter on uh hard hitting or no, this is John Miranda. John Miranda oh, okay. company hard hitting.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
4: <clears throat> yeah. But so it's not it's not a lot that is talked about. I mean I, I I know I know Mr. Diaz personally because um it's a lot it's been a lot of talk and a lot of interest in Devin you know, from a standpoint of signing with the promoter. But, you know, um, like Earl Spence, he says he's going to take charge of his his career. We've noticed that that fighters are now taking charge of their career a little bit earlier than necessarily Floyd gave us the blueprint. So uh, I, I believe that Devin is probably the first one that, you know, started his career the way that it should be in terms of him actually being in control. And that's, you know, all blessings to God that We've been able to do that, but I don't think that we get enough attention. That you know enough exposure. That we are a company, and we, we've been able to accomplish some monumental things in terms of moving Devin along.
1: I, I think I actually think that's a good thing. I mean, you you know, a fighter has got to understand that they are the the business, you know, and yeah. you know if you're the business and you're the and you're the one that's providing the service, you need to be paid accordingly. Um just the one thing though I ask of all fighters that do become business men is don't forget is fight fans like to see great fights and that's what sells tickets.
4: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Well man, it was a yes. pleasure having you on. I really appreciate appreciate you coming on and uh yeah, tell everyone when he's uh, he- when he's up and ready to go and talk to us, man, we'd be willing to get him back on man, here and chop uh, it up.
4: We- <laughs> hey, listen, we 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 thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for you guys. Um, you know, um, having me on and, and you know spending more time than with with me than I thought you guys would have. So I appreciate you guys. Enjoy, and I hope you guys be sure to watch Devin on May 11th.
1: Oh, we'll be we'll be tuning Thank- in, brother. Thank you again, man. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no, it was great, man. Nice to catch up. Thank Take you. care.
1: Well, there you go. So let um really quick three four three. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. We want to call in. Let's talk some boxing. I'm. I think we have a what a few calls here on, um, on hold here on, on the board. Gabriel.
2: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, actually, let's go with the. Uh, we've got a nine one seven. But also, let's go with eight one two. They've been, on the line the longest. Eight one two. You're live on. Hey.
5: What, what's going on, Dave and Gabe? This is Joey, man. Joey. What's hey. up, brother? Man, <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing. Hey, man. That um. That first interview, uh, that was uh Roberto, right?
1: Yeah, Roberto Diaz. Yes.
5: Man, he made he inspired me, wanted me to get in the boxing game, man. Like he made it seem like <laughs> matchmaking is a fun job. No, nah, but hey, those are some, uh, those are some great interviews. And uh, Dave, you guys asked some great questions, man. And those, those I mean, even uh, Haney's father, that was just great interviews. But I'm just glad I had you guys uh, back. Uh, I was. Just, man, we're glad uh, to be uh, back, bro. Really good. Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to tell you. Hmm. Um, I wanted a call last week, man, but I got so tied up. But I actually went to the fights in Louisville uh, last Friday, man. I got—I saw uh, Chia Santana get the win over Felix Diaz, man. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. He wow. Said it. He was actually, yeah, he was a replacement because uh, Derek Cuevas got injured, so he came. Right. He was the alternative, and he came in there and he outworked them and won a decision. I was See, happy that's why for that kid, man. Say,
1: that's why sometimes I say even a switch up could be a little dangerous because if you're if you're training for a certain style and you go in the ring, still with the mentality that you're facing a guy that's not there, it could screw you up. It could really screw you up. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Triple G, but it could take him a little bit to get himself going because he was training for a
5: particular style. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that I was happy for him, man. Cause I've heard, you know, after his last couple of defeats, he was even thinking about hanging him up. And when he got the opportunity to participate in the tournament, you know, he got real motivated, got trained, trained in, and he stayed ready. And when his name was called, I was rooting for him, man. I was, I was. It was just a good, it was a good show for him. I was real happy for him, and I'm, I'm I think he can win this tournament. Um, so, but I'll tell you what, guys. Tomorrow, I mean, the place to be is in L.A. I wish I was out that way, man. Cell Pub's gonna yeah, be rocking self-hub. this weekend, man. I mean, tomorrow yeah, night's come. gonna yeah. be a big crowd. I already know it's gonna. Ryan Garcia's gonna have all the little teeny boppers out there, man. They love that kid, man. But um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's my scene, but uh, yeah. I you know, know. I know. I you know. I
1: mean, <laughs> hey, all credit to him, though. I mean, he's bringing yeah that crowd that Oscar De La Hoya at one time brought. You know, um, you yeah. know, me, me and Oscar and Gable were all in the same era. So what? What Ryan is bringing. It's definitely something different. Um, you know, I just, uh, I don't follow the kid. I did for like a few, like, I don't know, for like a week or two. Then I was like, okay, I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's just a, a different, um, he has got a different vibe than I do.
5: <laughs> I'm more hey, old. Hey, <laughs> hey, Gabe, Gabe. The, um, That's a great put it.
4: Hey,
5: Gabe, the Velez, the Velez guy that he's fighting, I'm, I'm trying to remember. You know I follow boxing like crazy. But like who, who was his last opponent that he recently fought? He that he um I can't, I can't remember who he fought recently. He, he's a tough opponent I know, but I, I thought I saw him on ESPN recently. Was that him? That's not the guy Diaz. that fought.
1: Yeah, he fought JoJo Diaz. Um, he's got him. I can't even think of the name. Well, one Manuel well, Lopez
2: got... was his last fight. Uh, right, right, and he beat him. You know, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he uh, yeah. he stops him and. He, Okay. It, okay. You know, um, Alberto Mercado. Um, I mean, he's you know the, the, probably the Joseph Diaz and Ronnie Rios fights are the biggest ones, and he didn't win those. Uh, okay. You know he had a four fight losing streak there actually. Ronnie Rios, Joseph Diaz, Rene Alvarado, and then Alfred Santiago. Um, you know, and it was like, you know, he he lost to Ronnie Rios 24 and one, Diaz 19 and 0, Alvarado 23 and seven, and then Santiago was only six and 0, dude. Uh, it was wow. definitely a slide. Okay. He, you know, pulled off three wins in a row. Since then, uh, now he gets uh, Ryan Garcia, he's, you know, he's a tough kid. He's gonna bring it, but uh, you know, is he gonna, uh, is he gonna win? Probably not. But uh, he's gonna give those rounds, and that's, you know, he does have his big win. He beat Salvador Sanchez <laughs> at the okay, Garden. Okay. Uh, you okay. know So that's, you know, so we've seen him for a while. He's a tough Puerto Rican kid. He's 30 years old. Uh, he definitely has got his man strength it. You know, five, and it Goes in half. the
1: body very well
2: Yeah, goes no. in the
1: body very well um, Comes forward Puts pressure when he needs to You know, Ryan's going to have his hands full You know, and the thing with Ryan is That hand speed and that power There's no denying it, but Just like his, his matchmaker said Hey, the guy that he's been blowing out Well, he's supposed to blow him out That's how you develop confidence That's how you b- develop a fighter You build him to the great moment that he that you know that when he's supposed to rise to the occasion, so do I agree with a lot of other folks saying this may be a really big leap. I think so. I think it's a big leap. So it to me it really it, it determines how good he looks. Um, but for the matchmaker, like for Roberto, it 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 does wonders for him because if he goes the full um, uh, rounds all the way through to, to a decision, they get to kind of see a lot of him and where to place him at. If he blows him out, hey, it's gonna start looking at uh, maybe a by the end of the year they he
5: said a, a championship fight. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Hey, uh, Dave and uh, Gay, I know you're gonna be getting off soon, but I just want to I gotta share this cool story, man. You know, when I went to the fight in Louisville, uh, it was me and my old college roommate. But I also uh, I feel good as a as a member of the boxing community because I took one of my coworkers. He's in, he's in his mid fifties. But he, he just started watching boxing, like he he followed the '80s era, like the heavyweights. He always talked about the heavyweights, but he don't know anything about what's going on now. So I kept ha- haunting him about, like telling him, "You got to come into these fights. You got to come into this fight." So I got, I got him to go with me last week, man. We had great seats, and he was just blown away by watching a fight live. And I told him, I said, "There's, I said, there's, there's no experience like yeah, yep. like attending a live fight." And when he saw, and this was like on the undercard, like maybe the third or fourth fight. He saw a guy get not one of the guys got knocked out and he just he couldn't believe it. Like he was just in awe and he was just like he was like, Joe man, this is better than a football game, basketball game. He was just so excited and uh I felt like an expert out there because he was asking me about <laughs> who, who's the top dog and a hey, 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 the game out uh, and Dave I sounded like one of these experts on TV, man. Like I was trying to break him break down the divisions and who's hot right as now and up like, and
1: Hey, as long as <laughs> you didn't sound like one of those experts from the boxing Boys, buddy, you're all right. <laughs> uh, <hey. laughs>
5: Hey, they're not those are my guys. They're, they're pretty cool, man. Yeah, I try to, yeah, I try to get along with everybody, man. I try, I try to bring peace to the boxing
1: world, man. But no, was hey, was just happy, no, no. I was happy with him, man. No, 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 you know, hey, hey, more power to him, but man, we gotta admit that was that was that was that was really cringy, man.
4: Come <laughs> Poor on, guy, babe, man. Yeah, he got eaten
1: up, man. He got eaten up. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. I was, I was laying on, I was laying on my bed, you know, because people were sending me the interview and I started watching it. And I got to tell you, dude, first two, three three minutes, I I was like, oh, my God, I feel bad for this kid. I mean, I know Ness, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I felt bad for him. I even put the sheets over my head. I was like, oh, poor guy, poor guy. And and, and it looks like the, the fans, the boxing fans of the world, man, have not let up on this guy. You know, one day of making fun of it, I thought it was all right. But, man, I see people still going at it. You know, poor what, guy, man. I hope he recovers. What
5: interview? What interview are you talking about?
1: I, that Eddie I Hearn.
5: You didn't, you didn't see the Eddie Hearn?
1: No. Eddie Hernd, Eddie, oh, bro, go back. Go back and watch that Eddie Hearn interview. Okay. Me, it's, okay. It's, it's it's brutal, man. It's
5: brutal. Oh man. <laughs> it's, Hey, that's why I man. I'm just gonna keep staying a fan, Gabe and Dave, because I'm not trying to get eaten up, man. <laughs> but
0: hey,
5: uh, I'll be t- I'll be I'll be tuning in. But are you guys gonna be back every Thursday now, or is this gonna are you gonna every try Thursday, to work on getting a Thursday? Okay. Thursday. Hey, yeah, man, might, and, uh, uh,
2: to, to be full disclosure, I'm, I'm starting rehearsals next week, so we might actually have to shift things around a little bit. Maybe you know it could be a different day. Uh, we're gonna work it out, but uh, we want to keep coming back every week. You know, we want to. Yeah, we'll be do back every week. We just. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what are you going to
5: do? What play are you acting in, uh, Gabe?
2: It's a it's it's a world premiere play by a a, a playwright that I think is going to be pretty important within the next few years. Like everybody's going to know who he is. Uh, named Jonathan Spector. And it's uh, okay. called Good, Good, Better, Best, Bested, uh, which is a, a quote <laughs> from another play. Uh, it's about like the trajectory of a, of a of an empire, I guess. And it's set in Las Vegas. Um, over Super Bowl weekend in like multiple casinos following different storylines. So wow, yeah, it's, okay. I'm very excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great play. But Well I wish you so. well
5: man. That'll be great. But yeah this if you guys could just post on Twitter when you're coming on, I mean I love talking with you guys man, so I'll definitely keep in touch, man.
1: No
2: doubt.
5: Absolutely brother. It's okay, great having care, on guys. you on again man. Yeah, right, enjoy bro. the fight this weekend. I'll talk to you soon.
2: <laughs> All right, man. I'm missing with day. I got that picture you keep sending me. I know he's sending me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to
1: patch in another fight fan before we go on to our preview and review?
2: Yes, I do. Nine one seven. You're live on Leave It in the Ring.
0: <laughs>
2: now, are you there
0: Oh, sorry, guys. I'm have to call that.
2: <laughs> All right then. That must have been a hell of a dab. Um, <laughs> 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 it's like let me get this final first, That was first song leaving the first one, the ring yeah, It was uh, with our, Jake in Rochester. I don't know. Uh, well, let's, let's uh, let's let's, our... let's head into the uh, the the TV uh, the fight schedule. How about that? Uh, Friday, you, wanna,
1: you May... wanna go for it? What's
2: that? No, no, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I figure we'll do that, and we have plenty of time to break down the fights. Uh, Ryan Garcia versus Jason Velez at the StubHub Center in Carson, California, is on Friday, May 4th, uh, ESPN2. Um, Also underneath that is uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan versus Berlin uh, Abreu, uh, middleweight's 10 rounds. Um, Spike O'Sullivan's always exciting. Um, You know, he looks like a Guy Fawkes mask. I expect him to win. It's going to be, as I understand it, I reached out to Jim Boone and he said the fight is uh, selling well for what it is. You know, uh, people are excited. They know it's the appetizer. Um, and then, uh, Saturday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, um, odds are pretty similar, uh, to the Mexican army, uh, versus the French army. Uh, I think, you know, Vannis is like what plus 3,800 or something like that. Um, Vannis March erosion <laughs> versus Gennady Golovkin, uh, middleweights 12 rounds at the sub center in Carson, California. Uh, HBO will be broadcasting this. You can watch it in the U.K. on Box Nation, uh, according to Tom Loeffler. Everybody's very excited. There's going to be uh, tailgates, and uh, the Mexican Mexicans for Golovkin crowd will be out, um, although he's more like the giant French army. Gvanas uh, is going to be more like the Mexican army, seeing if he can overcome the odds and, and pull out the victory. Uh, how do you see this fight going, Dave? You know, I got to I, I,
1: – again, you know, I know Mataroshian is uh, – it's 2 years of absence of being in the ring. He's moving up from 154 to 160. But the guy can box and he's a solid fighter. And sometimes that's all it really takes to kind of kind of weather the storm. But this storm with Triple G is 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 huge. So my only question is what game plan is he coming in with? Is he is is Maderosian going to try to change his stripes and his colors, or is he going to stay Maderosian? If he stays Maderosian, there's a strong possibility the fight doesn't go. Uh, the fight can go a little over four rounds, but doesn't go over six. But if Maderosian decides to kind of get on his legs, which I don't see it happening, Gabriel, I don't see him trying to be the boxer, trying to be Laura against Triple G, trying to be Canelo. It's not his style. I've never seen him do that. Have you ever seen him do something like that? I've kind of just seen him always put the pressure. Um, he's got three good punches. He uses them a lot. Sometimes he can be dead in the water because, uh, you know, he's trying to figure things out. You can see him trying to calculate things in his head, and that's kind of been some of his downfalls in his big fights there is that he waits a little too long to let his hands go. With Triple G, he can't really do that, but good for him that Triple G is a little older and it does take Triple G a little bit to, to get those wheels spinning. So that's why I'm giving him a little more than four rounds of him lasting.
2: Yeah, I, I don't see a blowout. And I, I kind of came into the show, you know, I've watched uh, several of Ivanis' of, of fights. I, I first thought, you know, I'm going to throw out the Lara fights because they don't really, you know, it's a southpaw, a different style. But I ended up watching um, the Charlo fight. Ishe e. Smith, and then Erislandy Lara, the, the rematch. And, you know, straight punches, a good jab, and movement give Vaughnus trouble. Uh, a plodding fighter that comes forward and isn't as quick on the defense as he used to be. You know, Vaughnus might actually, you know, styles make fights. He's the taller guy. Uh, you know, what I watched for, too, was to see if there was a decline, because, you know, there was so much time between e- each of the fights. Uh, well, you know, in 2015, he fought Charlo and Smith, Back to back, and then he took a year off almost uh, and before the the Lara rematch, which he, he you know, he lost. Um, Varnas is pretty much the same guy. He bounces in and out. He's got a few punches. Uh, he throws a, a real interesting overhand right uh, that's kind of looping over the top. That I think, you know, if Triple G can't find a left hook counter uh, before that thing lands, he might have some trouble. That might be a chopping right hand that Canelo was able to get in. Uh, throughout their fight, you know that that uh, you know it could be a problem, and with the mobility of 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 Vonis, uh that could also be a, a trouble, but like you pointed out, I think his big weakness you know if you watch a highlight of Vanusmart Martirosian, uh you know a highlight reel, it 's going to look like or the highlight of one of his fights you're going wow, this guy's super exciting he 's got a great jab. Good right hand comes back with a left hook, has a nice left hook right hand combo that he likes to throw, moves in and out really great. But then when you watch the whole fight, there are these long periods where he's not throwing any punches. He's waiting, he's kind of bouncing in and out, looking at, looking, looking. It's, you know, you, you wonder, he's he's trained with a lot of different trainers, a lot of different camps. Yep. Did he end up getting sparring partner syndrome? That he doesn't always step on the gas. Like the most fiery I saw him in those fights, I mean, I guess. You know, there was big shots when he was putting down Isha Smith, but uh, was after the headbutts with Charlo. And it seemed to kind of wake him up and bring kind of an immediacy to him. And that was another thing I noticed with Vanus was that the, the, the fights with Charlo where he had those, the, the headbutts that, that did damage over his eyes, as it played out over the Smith and, and the, the Laura fight more, it seemed like he had trouble with those eyes, that those those things were kind of coming back. This long layoff, he gets to, you know, it's been two years since he's fought. Um, almost to the day, you know, he fought, uh, you know, Laura uh, May 25th or May 21st rather of 2016. Here he is, you know, fighting on Cinco de Mayo against Golovkin two years later. Um, his body's healed. He looks to be in good shape. It uh, looks like Vannis, you know, he's not super ripped, not a lot of muscle tone, but, but it, you know, in good shape, doesn't have to make 154 for the first time. He gets to make 160. Um, I think that's probably a plus uh, I know he had a training camp up here at snack, uh, you know, at the, in San Carlos. So he's got a lot of, a lot of wind in his sails. Um, is that going to translate things... to him, him performing under the lights as he's never before? I don't know. We'll see. That's,
1: that's well. there's three things that I, that, that has to be answered on that night. One is does Bonus have the power to make Gennady Golovkin humble? Two is, is he going to go to the body because he studied that going to Triple G's body slows him down a bit. Danny Jacobs was able to do it. Canelo was able yep. to, to to land those shots early. And it does take out a little out of, out of Triple G. And Triple G doesn't have a great defense when you go to that body sometimes. The third one is, is he going to be able to take the power of Triple G? Because as we've said it here, Triple G is not that one power KO Mike Tyson, you know, power that people want to kind of. You know, uh, uh, put him on a poster on. He's a guy that a volume of power shots that overwhelms you and eventually puts a crack on that wall that you crumble. So those are three things that, I, that I'm looking at, because the three things I know for sure that Vonis is not going to do is be the boxer. The other thing I know for sure Vonis is not going to do is fight all, the, all three minutes of, the, of each round. And the other thing that I know that Vonis for sure is not going to do is not show up for the fight. We know Vonis is going to show up for the fight. If that's one thing the, kids have, the kid has shown throughout his career, he shows up. He's just not victorious all the time because he allows too much time to overlap his, what he's doing and lets the guy back into the fight. That's his biggest mistake in a lot of his fights.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, and he's starting to show a little bit of damage. Like, like I said, maybe that was a carryover from those fights. And and, uh, but you know, he with Varnas, you got to punch with him. Um, if you punch harder than him, you can make him kind of back off a little bit. I think that that was with Charlo. You know, Varnas landed the last right hand of the fight. I mean, it was a ten round fight. That was the thing that I found interesting was that, you know, in tw- whether it's twelve rounds or ten, there isn't that extra gear you would think that an experienced 12 round fighter fighting Charlo in a 10 round fight would look to expend a little more energy, would be able to use up those extra two rounds. You know, maybe I'm just a layman, you know, talking out my ass. Like I didn't see, you know, I saw some passion in him when he, he, he but I wanted to see more. And, you know, to your body point body punching uh, point, you know, Danny Jacob ripped with both hands. Canelo tends to rip with both hands to the body. Vonis, right. you know, he, he has that left to the body and maybe he'll throw the, the, you know, the straight right to the body, but sit in front of you and, like, rip uppercuts? Like, that's – I don't really think of him like that, do you?
1: No. He's a guy that needs that arm distance to throw punches. I don't really see yeah. him like a, a guy that's going to be an inside fighter. Um, he likes to have that distance. He actually likes to take two steps back after he throws a few punches. You know, after he throws a, co- a, co- a combination, he he's the kind of guy that likes to take that step back and kind of look at his opponent and say, okay, did I do what I was looking for? Let me go back it one
2: more time, you
1: know? And, you and know, that's what I mean. I mean. He's... He,
2: he... Yeah. yeah go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. Just uh, just you, what you may be paying on is just consistency, you know, and Vonis is a guy that's worked with a lot of trainers. Um, he's been in a rhythm. Apparently he's had a few fights, as Don King said, that uh, were about to happen that didn't happen. So he, he's been training. Um you know, when he came up here to snack, but it, it wasn't a full camp, you know, uh, it, it's not the same thing. So, you know, it's a truncated camp on top of it all. It's not like Vonis uh, did the full thing for this. So, you know, even with the full, full camp, I I'm, I wouldn't be having much confidence in picking him. Um, but yeah, it's all going to come down to Kenny. Can you can take the, if you could take the power of, of charlo uh I, I imagine that, uh he should be able to handle Triple G because Jamel seems more like an explosive guy. Although between the, him and Jamal, he's not thought of as the puncher. He's thought of more as the boxer. So, boxer, right. uh, you know, I mean, I think Vannis is, is a good chin. And, and uh, we're, we're going to find out just how good and if he's going to be rusty, you know. Uh, getting ready for a fight is not the same as the fight. So, I don't know. Exactly. exactly. I think it's going to be is an exciting best- fight. I think so, too. I think
1: so. And I think StubHub is going to make it even more exciting. You know, Glendale's not that far. And, uh, you know, Vannis does have a lot of uh, Southern California fans, a lot of backing. You know, Glendale crowd is going to come out for the kid. So he's definitely going to have a big cheerleading section, and they might help him out for a bit. But I think I'm in tune with everybody else. I'm in line with everybody else. I don't see Vannis taking this fight, but I do see Vannis maybe doing some damage to a point where Triple G is concerned that Canelo may not want to sign up for the September fight. But let's not forget, folks, Danny Jacobs got to his body and made him say, I can't get on to a flight. That could be a strong possibility that if this fight is physical, if Vodice can make this physical and may not even win this fight, but it is physical, well, that could put a hinge on the September date as well as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's see you know, it, Well, Headbutt could push this fight back You know uh, Those have happened in Bonus in fights He's a rough and tumble guy, he's a taller guy He's a come forward uh, guy,
1: you know He, he comes forward, yeah, he doesn't help. know he, he doesn't have movement there's, there's not a lot to read up on Bonus, As well as with Triple G You know what you're going to get with Triple G The thing is that Triple G is really good at it <laughs> And what he does um, That's why he's at where he's at It's, it's going to be a physical fight I, I, you can see that happening for four to five, six rounds, however many rounds it's going to go. It's going to be very, very physical. It's just how physical and how strong is Bonus at 160 against one of the best middleweights right now in the
2: division? And how much has, has Golovkin fallen? You know, Are we seeing slippage from him? And can Bonus take advantage of that? You know, well, how about uh,
1: this? I mean, how about this? He was training for the rematch of his first best fight of, of, his, of his career, the most notable one that put him on the map among all fight, you know, uh, fight fans around the world, casual fight fans, facing Canelo. Um, how much, how much of, of, of the letdown, the disappointment that he's not going to be facing Canelo on May 5th, that he's, he has to settle for, for Va- That that takes a toll on a fighter. When you're mentally ready and prepared to face the guy that gave you a draw, the guy that, that whenever you look to your left, he's right there. It's always gonna be mentioned and remembered as the guy that you couldn't defeat. The best the second or the, the what people have considered the second or the first best middleweight champion of the world, that's that's gotta you know, sting you a bit. And now you're going in the ring, you're not getting that opportunity. How much of the focus has gone off? Behind in, in the back of his head You know And not really focused And worried about Monterosian That could be In the big play As well
2: I don't think Abel I think Abel Keeps his guy on You know On point I trust that they're Going to be good You know um, I just You know He's 36 years old He's got a lot of miles on him uh, he got a lot of miles fights, You know yep. um, He's getting hit More in his last two fights You know Um even going back to the Brook fight, you know, he was taking shots. So um, I, I think for Vanus, who says he's going to come forward, I, I think really the plan has got to be, you know, just be yourself. There's no reason to, to sit in there and mix it up uh, for too long. What Vanus does well is like one or two shots and then gets out of the way, or you know, uh, but he's got to get out of the way.
4: You know, he, he's,
2: he does take uh, the right hand. He does take the hook. Um, you know, well if Triple G is explosive enough to get those things going, then uh, – you know He's going to have some
1: problems. Well, there's one thing that we know about Triple G, that if he does respect your boxing skills and respects your, respects your power, he's not going to come straight forward. He's going to have to – he, he tries to figure you out a bit, what he can see and the pockets that he can pick. Monterosian, um, you have to wonder with Abel Sanchez and them, they're looking at this guy, is he's a come-forward guy. He's physical. He's going to be there to hit. Um, you can move around a little bit on him. You know, work your legs, get some, get, some, get some rounds in, and then be explosive. So I could see that happening in this fight. Give Vonis some rounds, get Vonis going, let Vonis have maybe one or two rounds, and then let your hands go. And like I said, to me, Triple G, because of his age and what we've seen, it's, it takes him a while now. He reminds me of a lot of Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. It takes him about two to three rounds to really get going and letting their hands go.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like I'm talking about with, you know, with Vannis' style, although he has a tendency to keep his hands low and bring them back low or let them kind of go wide. Like he'll throw a one, two, and then kind of do this thing where he kind of spreads his guard out and then brings it back. And I, you know, against Triple G, uh, that could be a problem. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm curious to see how he gets out of the gate. It gets cold there. You know, under the lights, it'll be nice and warm, but. Uh, apparently the temperature there is supposed to be great. So it would be perfect weather for a war, but I've been in the, the, the sub of a long time or, you know, m- many times rather. And uh, it gets cold at night, dude. And you're, you know, 36 years old. If you're not warmed up, ready to go uh, right at the top. You could see Vaughn maybe, you know, pulling out two or three rounds the way Khan did uh, against Canelo early on, start piling up points. And then Triple G's got to start stepping it up. And, you know, like Vaughn said, he gets, you know, I see him walking into shots. Uh, we'll see. What well, I didn't see in those those fights that I watched, Ivanis, was slippage. He didn't look noticeably slower. Um, no, no. But he's same still the honest. same problem he's always got. He waits too long for yeah. a shot. You yeah. Know, if you can There's use that to his advantage. I mean, what's
1: that? I said, I said same old Ivanis. Same old Ivanis. You yeah. know what? Here, here's the thing, too, though. Um, to all the Triple G haters, you know, the guys that don't like Triple G and have said, hey, he's cherry picking. This is what, he, look what he's got. Um all I gotta say is hey, allow him to have this fight here because the other guys that are behind waiting in line after Canelo or if the Canelo fight does happen, he's got a long list of death row there. These a lot of murderous guys in this division. Charlo, even Jacobs still, uh, even who Jacobs beat, uh the list goes on. You got you Andrade, you got some fighters there that that are gonna be really tough. For Triple G to beat, especially uh, next year at the age of 37, really tough for him.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, at 37 to have to go get that last belt against Billy Joe Saunders, you know, you have to look at it like, do I do Canelo in September, or do I do Billy Joe Saunders next? Well, I still can, and and then and then Canelo for all the marbles in December or you know or May. Or yeah, he does September, then you know, like December or, or January, you know? Against Canelo. I mean, do you do it's just because he's getting older. There's just no way around it. This fight is as is, good as it gets from here on in.
1: Well, you know, it's the uh the money grab right now for him. At this age, you can't blame him. You know, we had uh Lou DiBella on what, two weeks ago. You can't blame him for going for the money. No matter what, yeah. his people around him say that. Oh, he doesn't really care for money. Uh, every fighter cares about money, or else they wouldn't be a prize fighter. Um, you know, but at this stage of his career, this is what he's worked for: was to make this big money dollar to be recognized as one of the best fighters in the world. That's what comes along as being one of the best fighters in the world is the is the money bag behind it, right? So he's gonna go after that, and rightfully so. You know, you, you know the, the thing about fighters with fa- fans. As fans, we want great fights, but. The handlers of the fighter, you know, the ones that are they're, they're going to stay with the fighter on after, when the lights finally dim and there's no more shine on them, are the ones that are going to have to bear what's the aftermath of this fighter. And they want their loved ones to walk away from the sport as, as unscarred as they can, you know. Um, so... I don't blame them if they make the decision of going, hey, let's go after Canelo, and I don't blame them. And after Canelo, if it looks like there's a lot of slippage, Gabriel, there might be a lot of folks may be surprised where he says, I'm going to hang him up. I'm done. I've done
2: everything I needed to do. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, if he doesn't fight Derevchenko, I mean, I don't know what the final ruling is here, but doesn't he lose that belt if he doesn't fight him next in September? That mandatory's due, and, and the IBF rules don't. Uh, allow for step-aside money. So he's looking yep. at that. So that's a tough fight. Dery Vachenko might be as good as it gets for him after this. He's not known as a huge puncher, but he, he hits strong, and he's got a, a workload, technically sound, and loves to go to the body. Doesn't forget to do that. Uh, Daniel Jacobs, Ryota Murata, those are tough fights. I mean, you know, Jacobs, I think the second time around, I'd, I'd pick Jacobs again to, to beat him.
1: What is uh, the big money fight you think for him? Is it Danny Jacobs? Is it Charlo? Is it BJ Saunders? Is it is it um uh after German Canelo Chanko? I think it's after Canelo, yeah. It's Saunders. It's Saunders, right? It's yeah. for all the belts.
2: Yeah, it's for all the belts. Mm-hmm. But he's got this Derevchenko problem. Yep. So it's it's uh it's brutal. But uh so your, your final pick? Final pick is uh triple G six round TKO. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think Vannis goes, goes late or goes decision, you know, but loses. Um, I, I just, uh, I kind of think triple G is, is showing his age. Um, uh, Vannis has been durable. Uh, you know, he's got a good beard. Uh, maybe he gets knocked out or wobbled, uh, beat up a bit, well, but I think he goes to the distance.
1: We we haven't talked about Triple G's body uh, punches because it has been non-existent to Danny Jacobs and to Canelo. But if you look at those styles of fighters, they're movers. Um, Canelo's a little bit thicker around the waist. Where uh, Moderosian is tall and thin. Um, but he's going to be there to to receive a body shot when he throws a body shot, That's if he throws a body shot at Triple G. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at... That Triple G is going to be able to throw punches that he hasn't thrown in a while because of the opposition that's been in front of him. And he's going to have somebody stationary there. Somebody he could throw those punches that we kind of fell in love with what he used to throw. Um, he's going to have the opportunity to have those KO reels that we once would see on HBO that we still see for his build-up of fights. So that's why I say six rounds. I think he's going to be able to throw the whole arsenal of punches that he normally likes to throw. And we're going to see that all on where we didn't see it on Danny Jacobs and Canelo. I could be wrong, though. You never know. It's boxing.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's going he's gonna to come out and go for broke. He's an entertainer. It's going to be electric there, you know, tomorrow night. I don't know uh, if the tickets are selling quite as well as everybody wants them to, but uh, it, it should do well, I, I think, uh, come, you know, the, the final tally. And, and I think the, yeah. you know, the roof's going to... I mean, there's yeah. no roof, but, you know, everybody's going to be going crazy uh, uh, You know, but uh, Let's move on uh, We've got uh, a fight I don't really care About, uh, Tony Ballou Versus uh, David, David Hay, Hay?
1: Yeah um, uh, you- I mean, do we really need to break that Down, I, um, you know, David Hay His body's betrayed him, how many times It was his toe, then it was his, I don't know What, you know, what's next, you know, it's going to be his ears Um I think Tony took this on for the money. And, of course. And pretty much, you know, right? Uh, so I, I see Tony, once again, uh, being victorious in this one. How it's going to happen, I don't know. I'll tell you after I watch it on DVR. That's the only time I'm going to see it. Um, but it, just like you, I really don't have no interest in seeing the fight.
2: Yeah, I just, you know, I'll watch, but uh, I don't care. And uh, that's your weekend fight schedule.
1: You want to patch in or... um
2: <laughs> see if they've... If they're, if
0: yeah, they're
2: alive. Like, uh nine one
0: seven. Hey, how's it going, brother? It, uh, I don't know if you remember me from <clears throat> from the next round, Eric from Queens. Yeah, what's up, Eric? How you doing, man? How we going, brother? Now I was just calling to tell you that I, I was sad to hear that uh, that you left uh, the next round, but uh, you know, if it frees you up to do other things, other endeavors in your life, then you know, God bless and all the luck to you, man. Right? I
2: appreciate that, And man, um
0: thanks. No problem. And uh, what you call it? Uh, real quick, I just wanted to ask about what you guys think about Jacobs, Danny Jacobs. Now, I'm a New York guy, and um, I I think I think if it were to come down to, to him and Charlo fighting, I I guess I lean more towards Jacobs. I, I, you know, I would root for him, but what I've seen lately, I mean, after this fight with Triple G. I'm a matter of fact, I can't blame him too much in the Luis Arias fight because Luis Arias just talked a good game and he wasn't there to fight. But what I saw yeah. in this fight now with Sulecki, it was like, I don't know, this guy's really a 154 pounder. And I don't know, has people don't really talking about this, but it seems like Jacobs might have lost a set to me. What do you guys think?
2: That was a funky style, man. Um, it was, you know? And I, th- I think it's just after Triple G, how do you get up for Sulecki? You know, um, you know, and in some ways, too, you know, Eddie Hearn's going to make a big announcement next Thursday um, and says it's going to make his, his stable like unbeatable it's going to be like his U.S. deal. Um, and and Jacob Dana White. The, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But I think, you know, Jacobs, by going with Eddie Hearn, is going with a guy that's going to be learning the market out here. It's a different world out in the U.S. versus the U.K., um, and so I think we're wow. seeing that Eddie maybe protecting his investment putting him with maybe a funky style but uh, a credible guy uh that he goes the distance with. I think Danny he still needs to go rounds. He's still not a fully formed fighter. I I don't know if I saw a guy that had lost his step. I mean he he dropped him late, he didn't put him away, but you yeah. know uh he showed late power well, I think, I think uh, as he the had the before with Tuax
1: But you know I I think the credit to Teleski is that he He punched with Jacobs, and that's why the opportunities were there. you know uh Danny would get in front of him, try to trade, try to show he was a bigger guy, you know faster guy, and it cost him at some it's 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 some seconds of those rounds it cost him a bit you know um I don't know if I saw Danny Jacobs slowing down. I saw Danny Jacobs trying to get a guy out of there. And trying to make a big statement, he wanted to make a big statement. And you know what? The statement, the statement wasn't there to be made because he had a tough customer.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. He probably should have taken, like you said, he did drop him late. But um, uh, regardless of the fact, like I I think, like uh, I don't know what's holding. All right, HBO, HBO. No, we we all know that. Let's be honest, they just suck right now and putting on any fights. Well they they have they have the bulk of the of the middleweight division. You know, and that middleweight division has gotten, you know, pretty deep. So, I mean, how much longer? I mean, I don't know why people are stalling to get in someone like and I've mentioned this guy before, uh Demetrius Andrade. What what the hell is that kid doing? That kid is just just wasting time. Oh, uh,
1: Star goodness. Boxing. <laughs> That's what, what is he doing. He's was Star Boxing. He needs to get away from that. <laughs>
2: And then he re-signed with him, and they were like, it's going to be different yeah. this time, and, and uh, it's going to be on-grade promotions. I'm going to take control. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was I like
1: a different pin. It was a different pin this time, but nothing's been different. you know. I like the kid a lot, too. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, Boo comes, he comes to fight. He's, he's showed that he's, you know, uh, you put him in with the right guy, he's going to give you a good night of boxing. But Star Boxing, for some reason, they just they don't want to take the chances they need to to get his fighter out there.
2: Mm. You know, spend the money make the money. Get him out there. You know, uh, yeah, put on shows. Don't wait around for HBO or, you know, and there's so many damn platforms at this point. Find a way to get your guy on. Four belts. Or co-promote him. Yeah.
1: You know what, or how, how about something. co-promote If you don't want to let his contract completely go Co-promote him. go talk to a promoter That has other middleweights That are willing to make money off of them you know, you, You're you going to make a percentage off You're not going to make that full 100% But you're going to get something And that's what yeah. Starbucks has got to look at And stop being greedy And allow this kid to, to finally, finally flourish In this middleweight division Because like you said, it's very deep There's money to be made there
0: Right Right, exactly. And, I mean, I, you can't put them up. Uh, the same thing with with Jacobs, like I said. Uh, BJ Saunders put them two together. Or well, then again, maybe those two are just, um, just, like, holding out to, say, the fight with either Canelo or Triple G. And, um...
2: <laughs> but how do you, but, you, you um, know, it's like, like I'm holding out, you know, uh, the reason I'm not acting in, in movies in L.A. is because I'm holding out for that Spielberg offer. You know? Like... It, <laughs>
0: it's like you know
2: it's actually not true I just I do theater and this is the third largest market in the country so I live here Um, but uh but you know what I mean like you can't you can't not do your job and expect good shit to happen and and yeah I, I look at him and Gary Russell and I'm like why don't you guys fight more often you know Gary is like seeing him in person when he was just a prospect at the fight night club like club Nokia like some of the fastest hands I've ever seen, like Amir Khan fast. Yeah. Who I think is yeah. still the fastest guy I've seen in person. I've seen Pacquiao who was pretty freaking fast too. Uh, Sergio Martinez is fast, but but not like not Khan. Um, but Gary Russell was just like unbelievable and balance. Like he looked kind of like a little Sugar Ray Robinson, and then just like inactivity. And I've seen you know uh, Andre yes, the, the killer of most tra-
1: fighters' careers. Yep, that's the killer yeah. of most mm-hmm. fighters' careers nowadays, you know, is inactivity. Exactly. And
0: um, another thing I wanted to bring up about <laughs> it's probably, like, last week's convo or two weeks ago, but uh, Broner, this is – what what are we on now? This is Broner 4.0 at this point or something?
2: <laughs> <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> did, did, it's did actually – the update's still loaded. And,
0: and, like, I don't know, man. Like, and, all right, look, a lot, a lot of people were talking about how, all right, they believe it was – a. Uh, it, it was a draw that is even. All right, listen, a draw is not. I'm not. I'm not crying. You know, bloody murder. But not honestly, I, I had Vargas up by maybe two rounds. But even even if it was a close fight, which it was, it was it was okay. And you want to call it a draw, whatever. I think he he he's explosive for like ten seconds in a round, and that's it. Right. Except for one round where I think like I think it was ten the tenth round where he completely took that round. But um. And then, you know they want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, he went, he went uh, he, had, he had a draw with Vargas. Well, look, even if he did deserve that draw with Vargas, like if you can if you can't beat Vargas and <laughs> what the hell do you think you're going to do against anyone else in 140 that's, or 140, that's, that's, well that made up freaking weight that right. he has which is that 144 or whatever.
1: You know, the kid is bringing over 100 800,000 <laughs> uh, viewerships, right? The networks honestly don't care. You know, yeah. or whoever he fights yeah. next, they're looking at those numbers. And that's the one thing about Bruno I mean, I, I, I'm hearing from fans like, I don't want to see this guy again. Why do they keep bringing him back? Well, until his numbers drop and people stop watching him, that's when the net- networks will finally drop him, too. But for right now, watch—he's—he's he's making another comeback. He's gonna have another interview. Uh, this is life and death for you, for your career, right, Broner? <laughs> and he's gonna be like, motherfucker, motherfucker, you know? just—just just prepare for that all over again. He gives great press conference.
2: You gotta admit that last press oh, conference he was awesome. It was so yeah. good. It was every like masterful. every
1: press conference he's left you with a good tagline to to walk away with. You know? Oh
0: god, I mean, yo, but but the guy's just so ignorantly. Like, all right, maybe he's a Whatever. I don't know the motherfucker. I never met him personally or whatever. I don't know if he does this shit for show or I. But everyone says he does it on purpose. I think to an extent. Yeah, he's just trying to sell himself But I think the guy really t- is really is I think he's. had
1: him on leaving the ring. We had him on leaving the ring before um, he was even known yet. I think it was before he even became. He got a world champion, right? Gabriel, we had him on here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, cocky as hell. The same cockiness that you saw, yet you hear now, was the same way he was even at that time. I remember we said, good luck, to. remember that? I don't remember who he was fighting, but we were like, all right, man, well, good luck when you fight. And he's like, I don't need luck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you man. know, and
1: it's, so I think his personality, is, is it is what it is. I saw that folks were offended by some of his stuff he said. Like he had said, oh, there's a bunch of Mexicans here, blah, blah, blah. Right. I I, I wasn't offended. I was just like, well, I mean. You know how many how many Puerto Ricans? If you mistaken that uh, if you're in, here in California and you're Puerto Rican or Salvadorian, I could tell you they all have been asked. So, uh, what part of Mexico you're from? They get offended. Exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I was saying the so, same thing. I said it, it bugs me out because uh, maybe I'm from New York. So he's like he's talking about, and you know, at first right away, I I, like, I, I thought to get offended. Me being I'm not, I'm not Mexican, but I'm Dominican, but still I, I just don't like. I don't like that negativity where it, almost, it, even, it even sounds like you're somewhat almost about to say something racist. Right. And he goes, uh, yeah, there's hella Mexicans around here, you know what I'm saying? I want motherfuckers want conies around me, that corny shit. It's like, all right, so then I'm thinking to myself, is that just a ploy right there, just, just put the attention, whatever? But, but why do you got to go there? Like, why do you even got to almost even put that thought in, in people's heads? And, and by the way, and, and uh, this is what I'm saying that I, I, he may do some things to show, but I just think, honestly, he, he, some of it is just, he really is just a piece of shit. As a person, yeah, he's because, arrogant. He's he's yeah, really yeah, is he's arrogant. arrogant. He's you know what I mean. He's and real, real. And on top of that, he's stupid. On top of that, he's right. stupid he's because he goes he goes on, he's a on kid. The shit that Martin Luther King uh, beat you with. Like motherfucker are, are you talking about Rodney King? You idiot. And two, exactly talking about this hella Mexicans around here. Like motherfucker, New York. New York is known for uh, hella Dominicans or hella Puerto Ricans. Right. So
2: the guy's just a fucking idiot, man. Yeah, I'm like
0: he's where are the Mexicans? You know.
2: I know, he's
0: one
1: of those dudes though He's one of those street cats that no matter what No matter, you can make sense to this kid And his own language And his own name and term And he'll still argue with you just to argue yeah. That's that's what I've done off of brother, You know what I'm saying I've, I've known a lot of cats like that That you could man, you're like, look dude you, My soda was sitting right here My beer was right here And you picked it up No I didn't I didn't pick it up It's in your hand dog It's in your motherfucking hand No man it's not That's not your That's not your beer My name's on it It's not yours man It's not yours You know He's just one of those dudes
2: Oh
0: man oh, Fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, Alright bro. brother that, that, Thanks Eric Call in that, bro I'll talk to you guys
2: next week Thanks
0: brother Alright All right, bro. man Take care yeah. Uh, well, there you
1: go. Here on the leaving uh, the ring edition, on the latest here. Uh, if you guys missed the interview with uh, Roberto Diaz, the uh, chief matchmaker of Golden Boy, and uh, Devin Haley was supposed to be on, but his dad uh, actually took the interview for him because he was resting. Um, hey, he's got to rest, and, and he's got he's got a rest. He's got a big fight coming up. So,
2: well, and media see, all day, all that, and the yeah. whole thing, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah, tough. it's tough to get him it on is the radio. Tough, man.
1: If you've been on the beat, as Gable and myself have been, trust me, not even being fighters, we're there to cover the fights, it is exhausting. Exhausting. I can't, you know, when I used to go and cover it, cover the fights, going to LA or to, to Vegas or, or, or Reno, man, I couldn't wait to just get back to the hotel and rest before the fights. But
2: um, anyway well, and, 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 and just, you know, over the years, you know, oh, you shouldn't, you can't go to the fights anymore, or, or uh, you know, you're going to come out, man, you know, one of these days, you're going to come to the fights. Like, you have any fights I've been to? Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to keep yeah. having the same experience over and over again. Like I can, I'm good, good from TV, you know. <laughs> and go out. Uh, on, yeah, in, in, in I've town, been able to cover like some awesome really great city. fights. You know, I,
1: I, I I've always said this. The the one place places I do go to, and I still continuously continue to go and see, are gyms. I haven't been able to get back to L. A. to go to the like to Maywood and all them again, like I used to. But my local gyms around here, I still go. I still like to watch kids spar. I still like to get in the ring with kids and show them how to jo- throw the jab, how to get their footwork correct. I still love to train my, my, my two kids. So um, going to the fights, don't miss. But going to the gyms to see some smokers, will never pass on. Love them. Anyways, uh, Gable, as always, man, had a great show with you. Until uh, next week, we'll be back here live on air on Leave the Ring Thursday night. Uh, until then, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy Cinco de mile. It's my birthday, Saturday. It will be Cinco de mile. So enjoy it. Don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer.
4: Peace.